If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I like yeah, it. I always try to keep the seat warm for you to take over. Stockton to Malone coming up right now. NBA's back. There it is. Big night for your guy, but you couldn't win. It's all right, though. I'm not too worried just yet. It's, it's impressive to outscore a team by, like, 40 points in the paint and still lose. Hey, you know what's impressive? Shooting 61 three-pointers in one game. <laughs> My word. Right. Calm down, Houston. I, I would, there was one day, one point where I looked at the score. I think it was Saturday. I looked at Friday night scores. There wasn't a, a no team scored under 112 points. Yeah. I was like, so we're just not playing. Well, defense. so let's be honest here, though. I mean, do you think it's a it's the lack of defense? Is, is it is it a coincidence or are teams just kind of easing? Yeah, they're kind of yeah. easing their way back into. They're not trying to push everything right now. Because if you watch the Lakers game too against the Raptors, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good thing that they had this little warm up stretch. Yeah. You know, not mm-hmm. unlike uh, hockey, where basically if these qualifying rounds, yeah. your season's over now. If you're in the tank, two nothing already. I sure. mean, it feels like at least mm-hmm. uh, you never know in, in these best of fives. But uh, it could be for those guys. They had to ramp it right up. We talked about that uh, the end of last week. Major League Baseball will they even finish sixty games? Uh, that continues to be a question. Gosh, I hate the Yankees. That was uh, reiterated yesterday. Uh, you still like Stanton in the race for uh, against Judge or what? I love it now because they're starting intentionally walking Aaron Judge. You have to at this point. Like the the, the guy's playing absolutely unconscious right now. Um, if you're any manager with any sense in you, you have to walk Aaron Judge every single time because the guy is that much of a game wrecker right now. Yeah, Stanton's still stuck on two. He hit two in the first I two, know, man. Right. Well, and listen, and I don't want to be into conspiracy theories here, but I think you had something to do with shutting the whole Rays Yankees game down whatever happened there and making sure the Yankees kind of got off track a little bit and ever since then all of a sudden Aaron Judge is on fire and Stanton's still batting okay but he's not hitting those long balls like I need him to Listen, here's the deal. I can't even tweet about my success of Judge and share it and say, hey, look who's in the... Because I don't want him hitting home runs. It's embarrassing, right? I don't like the fact that Judge is hitting home runs, nor Stanton. Why did I make this bet? That's I don't know. a bad bet. <laughs> hey, that's what we call lose-lose. Am I actually rooting for somebody on the Yankees? That's what we call it. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, and I don't know. How you, obviously, you can't stand the Yankees. I understand that. You're a Sox guy. And I'm not a really big Yankees fan either. But, like, of all the people, like, yeah, obviously, you respected Jeter, right? Because Jeter, yeah, yeah. Well, he, I mean, he was just he was the captain, right? I mean, he, he had the personality. Um, he went about his business. You had to respect Jeter. Now, you may not like Jeter, but you had to respect Jeter. Am I wrong to put Aaron Judge in that same kind of category right now where the, the guy seems like he's just a solid dude. He goes to work, kind of has that New York Yankee kind of, you know, style, let's just say. It's hard to hate on the guy, I feel like. Yeah, I uh, think I tweeted it actually a couple, maybe it was last week or something. I, I don't know what it was, I, or maybe I was just thinking of it. But I, I agree with that sentiment, really. I mean, I think it's hard not to like Jeter. It's hard not to like a lot of those Yankees back in the late 90s, really. And then I covered them, and they were they were actually pretty cool guys to cover. Yeah. You know, at least when we went down there and covered them. We didn't cover them day in, day out. But I covered all that ALCS and, and a bu- couple years in a row, and that was a good group and kind of a cool group to be around. So I had a respect for him, um, and I think Judge does fall in that category, you know, mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, it's hard not to like him uh, in a way, and he's just so different. 
uh, you just don't make people like that. You think Stanton's big, and then you look at Judge. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's Again, it's like we were talking last week with Calais and Josh Allen. It's like Josh Allen's big, and then you look at Calais Campbell. <laughs> For sure. I mean, he's the Calais Campbell of baseball. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're not wrong. And it uh, and, and seems like a pretty good dude, too. So uh, I wish you'd stop hitting home runs. So let's get to that. I hear you. Uh, Gardner Minshew on the COVID-19 list. Uh, that's the big story over the weekend. <gasps> Is what everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, it gets your attention, right? It, it, it obviously gets your attention. It's a little attention. different than Charles Jones going yeah, on the list. It definitely gets your attention. Shout out to Jacksonville Jaguars right now. First place and as many players that have COVID-19, you know. First place with something. Shout to Florida. Doing your thing down here. Yeah, I mean, listen, we don't know if Gardner Minshew actually has COVID-19. We don't know if it's one of his roommates that has it, if they all have it. I mean, but he is on the list, right? So that that is newsworthy. Once again, it all depends now if he has it, how long is he going to be on the list for? Because keep in mind, he's he's the field general. They they need him. Um you know, they need him in that stadium. They they need him in those meetings, and then they need him to be that leader, and it's hard to do that when you're quarantined, obviously. Well, what's interesting, you just brought something up, is how much do you need him right now? Because not everybody is in the building, and they're still doing so many things on a virtual setting, mm-hmm. even if everybody was off the list. It's still so much of a virtual setting. So how much do you need all of that? Uh, is an int- I, I don't know the answer to that. It's just, you know, you're not right there. You're not in the weight room. You're not in the all these team meetings. You're not going down the hallways. You're not in the lunchroom, um, at least in a, in a total team setting. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard, I, I would imagine, for any leader right now, a team leader, coach leader, to, to actually have their fingerprints on this thing uh, this early in it. Now, we'll get to that stage. We'll get to the point when they're all out there. In uh, just another uh, a bit over a week or so. And, the, yeah, the big question is, will we see him come off the list in the next day or so? If he comes off the list, I would ass- I mean, I don't even know if it's right to say I would assume. We, he, there's two different things. He could either have tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID-19 or he uh, was in contact with somebody who tested positive. Uh, so, therefore, quarantine. That Those are the distinctions. We have to keep reminding folks of that. Uh, and because of that, the Jaguars have a high rate. Uh, I think a high rate right now. I think they've had 12 players on the list mm-hmm. so far, and that does lead the league. Um, but there's different distinctions on how that gets you get added to the list. And, and they were trying to explain it to us today. It, it's very complicated, <laughs> and they're all learning at the same time. It's like not good radio to go through it. It sure. really isn't. But it. They think it's one of the – depending on how you approach it, and you could be a little more conservative with it if you want to, I think it's kind of my interpretation. Mm. And so if you want to go that conservative route and keep people away from other people, uh, maybe more than other teams are treating it, then you might be on the list more often than other teams, Okay, I, I guess, if that makes any sense. Uh, there yeah. can be – it doesn't – it doesn't mean the Jags are, are have met more have more people around it necessarily than other teams. Okay. Uh, they just might maybe their six foot rule or eight foot rule or whatever rule is is a little bit more on the conservative side. They're going to play it cautiously uh, for well, now. Is is my interpretation of it? But then, so let me ask you this then. I mean, is now it, there are certain guidelines you have to stick by, no doubt, for sure. But you can stretch the guidelines. Is my point? Okay, to be so, more conservative. Okay, I got you. I mean, I just want to make sure that every single NFL team is kind of on the same page here. 
Because like they the, are. the way you made it sound is like, well, there's a different interpretation to how they're going about the protocol. No, I just think it's a, it's different. Like, uh, again, this is my sense of it. My okay. reading of it is it, uh, kind of what was told is that I think the easiest way to say it is if, uh, you know, if the rule is six feet for 10 or 15 minutes around somebody else that that did test positive, well, yeah. then you got to go on the list. Okay. Well, the Jags could be, let's just say they could be in theory saying, hey, if, if you were around him at all or uh, within eight feet or 10 feet, okay. we're going to put you there and, and make sure you're not positive sure. because we don't want it to run rampant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So therefore, therefore, it can be a little bit different. I got you. But at the same time, I mean, listen, six, eight, ten. Like, if you're around somebody that has COVID-19, you're probably going to say you're around somebody. You know, I'm like to say, well, yeah, I mean, I was sitting across the room from him where I was. And so, I mean, to me, like, if you're around somebody, you're around somebody. You know, like, I mean. But that's how uh, quirky this thing is right now. Yeah, I got you. Because the actual guidelines changed over the weekend. Mm -hmm. They, They went from 10 minutes with around somebody to 15 minutes. Those are the actual <laughs> NFL rules that changed. Yeah, yeah. So you see how fluid it is? No, and see sure. how the interpretation could be a little bit differently? I got That's you. what I'm getting at. Okay. Is, and maybe the Jaguar, again, I say maybe, mm-hmm. uh, the Jaguars are being a little bit more conservative with it uh, from that standpoint. Uh, so anyway, we'll find out. Uh, I would say if he comes off it the next day or so, that would be a pretty quick trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is scheduled to talk to the media tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, Gardner Minshew. So we'll see how long He's on the list and see, you know, they'll obviously slide him off the media session if he's still on the list and, and not able to go. And they, they're taking all their precautions. I mean, they're doing it a Zoom call. They could do it. Yeah. But they're, they're actually trying to line people up in the building. So they're going to make sure he's in the building if he's got his media availability. He is scheduled tomorrow. We'll see uh, what happens there. I did have a thought about don't you think to wonder because of the nature of it, where if you're around people and you have to quarantine and then test. Is it almost safe to assume that almost every player will make that list at some point? Um, I mean, it really depends how social those players are. Obviously, if we're talking teammates here, I mean, you know, it's safe to assume, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the receivers and and Minshew, I mean, I'm sure they've worked out together, right? So depending on how long it's gone back, yeah, if Minshew has it, well, then one could say if you're doing receiver drills with Minshew, well, then you'd probably be a suspect to at least, you know, be in contact with them. You're, you're sharing football. I don't know. Other guys in the yeah. QB room, potentially. Exactly. Other, there's just a lot of people that, that you could but have wh- contact with. And my, so my point being, if if the rule is, hey, you got to quarantine and then take negative tests, if you've been around it yeah. to some degree, whether it's 10 minutes and 6 feet or 15 minutes and 8 feet, whatever it is, I mean, gosh, you you would think over the next four, five, six weeks – we're going to see a majority of the football team on that list, wouldn't you? I mean, is it a good sign or a bad sign if, if you, you have low numbers or high numbers? Oh, no, dude. It's it's a bad sign if you have high numbers because if you have high numbers, then that that's bad optics. And bad optics means that uh, the season might be – you know, the, they might turn on back the season a little bit because if you have guys that are quarantined and you can't get on the field – how are you gonna have a season? Yeah. You know, so to me, I mean, you gotta make sure you gotta try to keep these numbers as, as low as possible. Cause in, the more guys get put on quarantine, the more, more guys test positive, you know, the more you're kind of starting to get a little nervous and get a little sweaty regarding, well, will this start on time or not? Yeah. Well, I, I understand that. I, I would just say the more guys get put on the list doesn't necessarily mean more guys tested positive. But I'm saying, point. yeah, but if you have guys that are on a COVID-19 list, whether it's because of a quarantine, because you know someone who is sick or because you have COVID-19, that's bad optics. 
The NFL can't afford bad optics right now, okay? Bad optics are taking place in St. Louis right now, and people are panicking, all right? We don't want another St. Louis Cardinals case right now. We want to play sports. So I would try to keep as many guys off of the, whatever list it is as possible. It's a, Well, obviously that's yeah. the case, but people are panicking in St. Louis because of the Miami Marlins situation. People are not panicking. I don't think optics in the NFL. Here's what's bad in the NFL. Don't play games. That's bad. That's worse than the optics. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Now, see, but, like to me, get people on the list right now hasn't bothered me. I guess is my so point then, from a Jags perspective. Okay, but then if you're worried about the optics, then then why don't they have two lists? Why don't they have one COVID nineteen list where you actually have it, and one guy and one list where it's just like, all right, well this HIPAA. guy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, HIPAA. I would seriously. That's it. The HIPAA laws. But then why wouldn't the Jaguars come out and say, I mean, the HIPAA laws, but the players can still come out the and say it by themselves. Can. The team can't. The coach can't. Coach Marone could not comment today on it. So then why, why wouldn't the players Agents come out and say Agents can't say it. Well, they can they want. Maybe okay. Minshew talks tomorrow and says, hey, I, I had it or I didn't have it. Yeah. But it's Maybe up to we'll the find out. I'm just saying, I, in my opinion, I think every time a player gets added to a watch list or a quarantine list, that's not good for the NFL. Yeah. I just think the, uh, the, the broad-reaching nature of this list – allows for almost teams to have a lot of guys on the list over these next few weeks uh, until they at least figure it out, secure their bubble, if you will, mm-hmm. especially in the early going because guys are coming in from the outside as they're getting tested and, and adapting to you know this new training camp uh, mm-hmm. as we as go with this protocol. So it's pretty interesting. I, I guess I'm just not that alarmed by it yet. The Jags had 12 players on the list, and I'm not like, oh, my gosh. We got a major problem. It might just be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I'm of the mindset, quite frankly, that I'd rather be on the list now than later. <laughs> well, I mean, I would. You can be on the list again. I mean, I don't. I don't you could be. Get, yeah, and that's so, true. And that's yeah, a good point. Yeah. So it doesn't mean just because you made the list doesn't mean you can't get exactly. COVID-19. So listen, I, I don't want anybody on the list. I don't want Jaguars being quarantined. I, I want Jaguars being healthy and getting ready for a season. That's what I want. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I want a I lot think, of things. I want the Yankees sure. to lose and not sweep the Red Sox. Absolutely. And that didn't happen either. Well, you know what? And I want the Milwaukee Brewers to play in a series, but the Cardinals said, no, we're going to go to casino. And now we're missing three games. <laughs> Supposedly, allegedly. 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 Hey, allegedly. The Rock buys the XFL. NBA and NHL are underway. And how about the Pac 12? Mm. Are we about to see. I, Telling you, I've been, if you've been listening to the show, I've been saying this since the start of the pandemic. What will sports look like on the other side? And the other side doesn't necessarily mean November or even February of next year. The other side could be some two, three years down the road. And I don't mean coronavirus is going to stick around that long. I just think the domino effect could take that long to reveal itself. Could we write in three years, four years, five years, look what started because of the pandemic? Well, this is a great example of it with the Pac-12. Could change the face of college athletics. Did they ask too much? Are they out of their minds? Or is it a heck of a stand? A lot of different ways to go on that. We will get into that. Mike Greenberg will join us from ESPN today at 4 o'clock. Happy to have the Knowles on board. Jacksonville Station for the Florida State Seminoles. We broke that news over the weekend on Friday. When we come back, another opt-out for the Jags. Should we expect more? And what's the ramifications from these two veterans opting out? Plus, we'll hear from Doug Marone on a Monday. That's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
I think it's terrible. I think it's BS that the league has changed that date because you guys know Monday will be our first day in the building. So to try to act like guys are making a decision about something other than virtual meetings um, is a joke. But I think it's something that we go through as players. And when players understand how much power we have, we've seen things change for us. I mean, primarily even with this deal um, with the COVID-19, trying to get everything back. We saw some of that strength. So hopefully we'll see how everything turns out come Wednesday if that ends up being the deadline. But I support guys no matter what they decide. That's Devin McCourty. Uh, him and his brother Jason McCourty been pretty outspoken uh, about the NFL in, in the last couple of weeks. And it's interesting. The opt-out, the NFL is trying to move it up. Owners and saying, hey, we got to know, essentially. Like, I get it from their standpoint, right? If I'm a coach, like, listen, I respect the heck out of it. We're not, we're not crushing guys for doing it. We have no problem with it. We understand it. But we need to kind of know what our team looks like. Mm-hmm. And there's the player side of it. And it's like, hey, if I'm uncomfortable with this, I mean, you know, you don't want to be Cespedes and just disappear from every without telling everybody. But Cespedes plays like a week and a half and then says, I'm out. Yeah. You know, and, well, it and, goes and, like, and essentially a wall, by the way, too. Which yeah, is really weird that's what I mean. The whole that. thing yeah. was strange. But, you know, like that's a tougher thing to do. Like, I get it even late in the process. Uh, the Braves, by the way, didn't they have who they have? Uh, they had one of their guys come in after they said they were going to sit out. So there was a little bit more leniency on the MLB opt-outs, and the NFL is trying to say, okay, we got to stop this. But by rule, they had to have like the NFL NFLPA agreement signed, and then it was going to be a week from then. Mm-hmm. Well, they still hadn't signed it. I don't think they still have signed it because it's stuck with the lawyers. Well, that's extending the opt-out date. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by really like this week, if that thing had got signed, the opt-out should be. The decisions need to be made. But legally, that window is still open as of now. Where do you sit on that? Listen, legally, I mean, the players have a right to be mad, right? Because legally, I mean, until that thing gets signed, they have the right to opt out. So I see where the players are coming from here. But at the same time, and I understand right now, Brent, the the opt-out, it's a huge decision, right? I mean, it it could affect the course of – your entire playing career possibly, right? Whether you decide to opt out or not. So it is a, is, it's a big time decision. Don't get me wrong here. But to me, you have to have some idea of what you're going to do already, right? You have to know whether you're going to put your family and just, you know, your, your state of well being, um, ahead of playing football or, you know, are you going to try to make some more money and maybe take care of your family? Like to me, you have to know right now, like the last thing you need to be doing is waiting at the edge of the pool, waiting to see, whoa, is he going to jump in? Is he going to jump in? Is he going to jump in? That shouldn't sway your decision at all. Okay. What should sway your decision is what your family says about it, what your friends say about it, what you think about it. So I get why the players are upset right now. And eventually hopefully they can come to some kind of common ground here and they have every right to be upset about it. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, you kind of have to know what you're going to do in the next couple of days or so, right? Like, I get trying to drag this out as long as possible because it's probably going to help out your decision. Fine. But if you want to sit out this season, if you don't want to play football, you should already kind of have that idea in your head. Like, if you're second-guess yourself right now, and then listen, I'm not going to be anybody's advisor. I'm not going to be anybody's therapist here. But if you're having second thoughts about playing this season, I would opt out. Simple as that. Yeah, and I think that's what some have said. It, they they want to be all in, you know, and I get it. We said that last week when we were talking about this. It's interesting. It's tough. You know, listen, if I'm a player and I want to retire, I can come to camp, give it a whirl and say, you know what? My heart's not in it. 
Hmm. And I can retire. There's no deadline for that. I can retire tomorrow. Sure. Uh, what's his name? Retired at halftime of a game. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the Bills, yeah. yeah. So Was that Vontae Davis? Vontae Davis. Vontae Vonte Davis, Vonte Davis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I get... I get a little bit of that, but this is such a unique time. I kind of agree with you from a logic standpoint. Take the legalese out of it. Logically, it's like, okay, I'm going to, from an organizational standpoint, I, kind of, I get it, respect it, but I kind of would like to know by this time so we can go acquire other players, bring other people in here, mm-hmm. uh, make our football team kind of know who we have going forward, try to, it's so bizarre anyway that let's try to get some chemistry going, all those things. So many distractions. Let's avoid any more after a certain time. So I understand. And and what you just said is, you know, guys have had all this summer to think about this and the different scenarios that could play out. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but they had the different scenarios that could play out. Uh, and especially as we got closer to training camp. So take the uh, from a logic standpoint, I'm like, OK, I'm all right with a deadline. I really am. Uh, from a legalese standpoint, well, that usually is king and wins the day. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, and I'm sure you've been kind of paying close attention here to who's opting out and, who, you know, I mean, what, what teams are still looking pretty good right now. You have teams opting out. I mean, you look at, like, the New England Patriots. What, they've had eight guys now, nine guys? Eight, yeah. Eight guys opt out. Yeah. Um, C.J. Mosley, another big-time name, one of, the, one of the best middle linebackers in the game, chose to opt out for the, the New York Jets. I mean, it's it's happening everywhere right now, right? Are you starting to see a trend, though, where players on teams that don't look like they're going to the Super Bowl, and keep in mind the Patriots are always going to be the outlier, but keep keep the Patriots out real quick. But, like, I don't see a lot of Buccaneers opting out right now. No. Okay? I don't see a lot of New Orleans Saints opting out right now. 49ers. I don't see a lot of 49ers opting out. Now, keep in mind, a couple, Ravens. Can, a couple Kansas City Chiefs Actually, had. one Raven did, right? Uh, Andre Smith. He did, yeah, he did. But he was like, he's, uh, he's kind of like a backup chart guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, granted, a couple guys in Kansas City Chiefs have opted out, but they just come off a Super Bowl. So yeah. take it for what you want there. But... Is it a little peculiar that it seems like guys who are on teams that are maybe not slated to do that well this year, maybe underachieve a little bit, are the guys that are opting out on their teams? Yeah, I... Or am I, am I looking way too into it? Well, I think you're probably at this stage looking into it. Because when you bring up New England leading the league, nobody thinks of New England that way. Now, mm-hmm. the question last week was raised, what if Tom Brady was still there? Would all these guys be? I think it's a fair question. I really do. I, so I get the nature of your thought. Yeah. I don't think you're you're dead wrong on it. But I just don't know if there's enough accuracy in it when you do see players from Baltimore, from Kansas City opt out. I mean, those are two of the premier teams. Kansas City is Super Bowl champ. Yeah. Now, they could easily say, well, you don't really need. And one was a different circumstance with the offensive line. Yeah, exactly. But Damian Williams, he's a big part of their offense. And he might be like, well, they don't. I'm okay. I'm not letting my team down. They got they just drafted this kid. Mm -hmm. They're going to be all right. I don't feel guilty about it. They've got a ton of weapons anyway. Let's see where it all shakes out after the opt outs and see if yeah. it's the Jags and uh, and the Carolina Panthers and teams like that. But I get the nature of it. Um, and for some, maybe it does weigh in. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it does sure. weigh in for some. It's like, well, am I really going to do this and put myself at risk when I know what our ceiling is probably eight or nine wins? Mm-hmm. That's a fair question. It's fair to players know. Yeah. Uh, players know the Jags aren't a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. They, they look around. They see that roster. They might think they're better than other people think they are. But they also know they're probably not a Super Bowl contender. Let's be well, honest. And the, and the other kind of, and I don't call it a conspiracy theory here because I, I I don't like that verbiage. I well, do. Like, okay, well then conspiracy theory it is. This is the conspiracy theory hour here in ESPN 690. 
look at the once again the New England Patriots, right? They've had nine guys now. Some some key contributors, some guys, you know, I mean, I think Matt Lacrosse, tight end. I mean, yeah. now they have what two rookie tight ends in the roster, and that's it. Yeah. Are you surprised right now because you have a team like the Minnesota Vikings who have who lost a defensive tackle and literally two days later go after and trade for a defensive tackle from Oakland? Just signed him today, actually. I forgot the guy's name, former second round pick. Just signed that tackle. It seems to me like, listen, if guys are are opting out, well, they need to be replaced ASAP. But for whatever reason, it seems like the New England Patriots are just kind of like, yeah, we're okay. You know, like, we're not, we're not going to hit the panic button just yet. While you have the teams like the Vikings and other teams, I'm sure the Jets will follow suit here, who are trying to get ahead of the curve here, who are trying to get ahead of everything and trying to bring guys on that team, right? Because they're, they're trying to establish their rosters. Are you kind of surprised right now that the New England Patriots, of all teams, obviously a very storied franchise here the past decade and a half, aren't making more of an initiative? to sign guys on their team that are trying to replace some of the guys that opted out. Yeah, and listen, I just don't think they're, they've, they haven't lost pro bowlers necessarily. Well, they're Dante Hightower. Outside is. of Hightower. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe there's just not enough to replace them out there right okay. now. Uh, the time to replace your holes a lot of times is around Labor Day when people mm-hmm. make cuts. And so could the Patriots be active then? I would assume they would be. Uh, right now, you got to get down to numbers anyway, and maybe they want to just see them out on the field. I understand what you said. Listen, a lot of people are saying, are they tanking for Trevor? Mm-hmm. I would subscribe more to that theory. You know me. I don't think the Patriots are going to be that good anyway. Mm-hmm. But I would subscribe more to that theory if they didn't sign Cam Newton. Uh, you can't subscribe to that theory and sign Cam Newton, former MVP of course. the league. I, I just don't see it. Now, Belichick has done a lot of things over the years that he, he himself – you know, it makes you think, does he think he is smarter than everybody else, even though a lot of people do think, <laughs> think he's yeah. smarter than anybody else, but yeah. does think that. Uh, so I'm not ready to go there with it. You almost, here's a thought that's crossed my mind. Does Belichick really think we're getting to a season? Mm-hmm. Is he almost playing it like it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. we ain't going to get either to the season or through the season? And if anybody would know, it seems like it would be Bill Belichick that would know that. And maybe that's his gut feeling. Yeah. And it's like, let's just wait for a little bit before we start plugging holes and all these things. Mm -hmm. That's crossed my mind more than the conspiracy theory on Belichick. Because keep in mind, everybody has their views on this. And coaches aren't immune to their views, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And we'll see. I mean, we've assumed that all 32 coaches in the NFL are completely happy with the idea that we're playing. Right? Correct. The players came to the agreement. Mm -hmm. The owners came to the agreement. How do the coaches feel about it? Maybe Bill Belichick deep down is not really for it. And also, a guy we haven't mentioned too at all, but Marquise Lee, I think over the weekend, actually chose to opt out as well, which is, I mean, I I mean, listen, more power to you once again. Another newborn situation. Exactly. But I mean, think think about that guy. That guy had a lot to prove this year, you know? I mean, on a a kind of prove it deal, let's just say, with the Patriots. I thought that was really interesting that he did. You know, that puts it in perspective how guys think. For sure. Some people may play this a little bit. They may play it from a roster standpoint, a guaranteed money out of the 350,000. They may play it on a whole bunch of different levels. But I thought Marquise. In kind of that, hey, let's try to resurrect my career, and I'll do it in New England of all places, and now Cam Newton's going to be here. For him to opt out, kind of because we know Marquise, he loves to play the game. He's been hurt. He wants, he's got to be itching to play. Mm-hmm. That showed you how some players feel about it, I think. I think that really put it in perspective uh, for me. How about the perspective of the Jags now losing Al Woods and Lorente McCray? Mm-hmm. Al Woods, again, I, I said it. Friday, it's hard to figure out what we're missing in Al Woods here in Jacksonville because we really haven't seen him in a Jags uniform. 
Lorette McRae, more leadership, special teams ace, has been a special teams captain in the past. And, yes, he's listed as an outside linebacker defensive end as well. So in a pinch, you could see him there. But he's more from a special teams and, I think, veteran presence in the locker room, uh, very well respected. So the Jags have two opt-outs. Do you expect that we'll get a, a couple more or any more? And how big are these losses in your opinion? Yeah, you know, in terms of Al Woods, once again, I mean, it's hard to speculate just because I don't know what kind of defense they're going to play, but he was in the running first to the starting nose tackle um, spot. You still have a guy like Avery Jones. You have Dontavious Russell, who people have talked about before. Um, you know, the I think he's a sixth or seventh round pick out of Auburn. Seventh round seventh. pick? Seventh round pick out of Auburn. So, you know, there is still some intrigue behind him. So from a depth and, and even like a – like a starting spot, like if if Avery Jones is indeed going to be the starting nose tackle, I'm not, you know, there's other positions that I'm probably more worried about than Avery Jones right now as a, as a nose tackle, I'll be honest with you. So um, as far as losing Al Woods, obviously he's he's a veteran presence. Um, the depth is there, but I'm not entirely worried about losing Al Woods. Um, so that's how I feel about him. Lorenzo McCray is different to me because this is a guy who's, what been in Jacksonville now for the past three years, going on his fourth season here. Um, uh, what six years overall, going on a seventh season in the NFL? Or maybe going on a six? I think he's going on his. I think he's going on his seventh seven. season. Yeah, he's going seven. on his seventh season this year. Um, in Jacksonville, won a Super Bowl with Denver, I think it was. Yeah. So going on his seventh season here in the NFL. And listen, man, to me that's a big blow because you mentioned it yourself. Special teams captain, okay, and from the outside perspective, it's like, all right, he's got a special teams. What does that really mean? But I'm saying usually if you have the honor to wear the C in that locker room, it means that you're a leader. And I don't care if you're a special teams guy. I don't care if you're a kicker. I don't care if you're a punter. Anytime you get elected to wear the C, you have some sort of influence on that team, right? So one could assume right now that that guy was very respected in that locker room. I've talked to him a couple of times, interviewed him. Seems like a very well-spoken guy. Um, kind of seems like one of those pros, pros, if you will. So to me, like, yeah, obviously you're going to miss his special teams um, abilities and things like that. And, and I'm sure, um, you know, obviously you got to replace that part of it, but you also have to replace that presence. You have to replace that leadership, number one, but that veteran presence, number two. And to be fair, even though he's a special team guy, those are big shoes to fill. Well, listen, the Jags don't have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. They really don't. So guys that have been through this before, especially here in Jacksonville, to show up the other guys the ropes during this crazy time, I think there's some value in it. So uh, it's probably, again, it, none of these two opt-outs did not make the fan base go, oh, my gosh. Sure. And it probably shouldn't. But internally, you kind of wonder if especially a McCray will be felt a little bit more. Remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago when we did the offense, quick quick synopsis of the offense-defense special teams, just a recap of it heading into the, the camp and the arrivals. Special teams needs to carry some freight now. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to be good, not mm-hmm. just like okay no, no, they need to be really good because this team is not really good. So if they're going to win some games, you can steal some things on special teams. And the Jags were pretty good last year. They need to be very good again this year. And they just lost a little bit of part of that. Again, that's not a big thing from a fan perspective. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they lost Lorente McRae. But I think I'm, internally it could be a little bit bigger of a deal than someone to put weight to it. And listen, and of every team that I played on, you know, Bears, Lions, uh, Jaguars or Chiefs, I mean, the special teams captain, they they had a lot of respect, okay? And, like, if they said something, you listened. Like, the, there was that much respect. Because keep in mind, like, it's one thing to be a special – or it's one thing to be, like, a defensive captain, an offensive captain. Like, yeah, 
obviously your skill set and your tools, I mean, that, that can dictate that, yeah, you're probably going to be a captain because you're that talented. Special teams is different, though. Special teams is more of an attitude. It's more of, you know, you're kind of the underdog and you made it. So there's even maybe even more respect to the special teams captains out there. So it's like I said, it's going to be big shoes to fill, and they're definitely going to miss him um, big time coming up this season. This is really interesting uh, involving opt-outs, and I just saw this. Uh, Dan Graziano tweeted this a couple hours ago from ESPN. But he said 44 NFL players have now opted out. Jaguars have had two of them. Mm-hmm. 13 are offensive linemen, 10 are defensive linemen, including nine defensive tackles. Wow. So it's, it's a couple of uh, very interesting thoughts. <laughs> the guys who are, he says, the guys who are breathing in each other's faces on every play have understandable concerns. Mm-hmm. Other people yeah. will say guy, people that are, are heavier set yeah. also have different concerns than folks that might be in a great shape like a receiver. And or, I'm not saying, by, by the way, offensive linemen and defense aren't in good shape. They are for their size, but they're obviously bigger people. And so there could be more concern tied to that as well. Or the guys who probably take the, the most abuse and the most um, you know, trauma in training camp being in the trenches, offensive linemen, yeah. defensive linemen as well. I very interesting. But that's a, that's that's a half interesting, of the players yeah. are on the interior. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, from Dan Graziano there. 44 players have now opted out. We'll probably see a few more uh, as the deadline, we think, draws a little bit closer and closer. Uh, Mike Greenberg going to join us uh, at the top of the hour. Before we get to that, just a quick look back at the weekend before we dive into some bigger issues. Pac-12, Jonathan Isaac, and more. What about the NBA, NHL, the startups, and Major League Baseball? Will they make it to 60 games? It's next on ESPN 690. You know, I'm fine. I'm very comfortable with the way that that we're talking. So my message, you know, to the team was that um, the first thing I wanted to say is I, I, I discussed the opt out situation of that. You know, uh, you know, obviously we understand there's risk. Obviously, you know, everyone has to make that decision. And, and I can't speak for everyone, but I'll respect that decision. And, and we as an organization respect that decision, whatever you do, um, you know, but it has to be something that comes from an individual. That is Doug Marone on a Monday. Marone on Mondays will uh, be part of the weekly uh, availability and talked a little bit about the COVID-19 situation and kind of how they're managing it. I tell you what, he, he doesn't panic at all right now. He's very go with the flow on this, at least externally. Who knows internally? But I would, I would assume he's the same. And uh, he can't really comment on, on Gardner. Like, again, it's up to the player to do that. So... We really didn't get much on the Gardner front when it comes to Doug Marone. I think if, again, Minshew available tomorrow, we'll see uh, if he talks or not. Uh, Doug Marone did mention the Yankees sweep a couple of times, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Put it in your face a little bit. Yeah, it could be a different person. It was via via Zoom, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, um, I will give him this. He is really like a diehard Yankee fan. Mm -hmm. He's not one of these, like, Posers, yeah. One of these bandwagon hoppers. Yeah. No, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. Now, Which, listen, I've never been a big. I've never been a, a hater of the the bandwagon fan. Every every fan base needs the bandwagon fan. And yeah. the Yankees are cool in a lot of respects. To like, if you're a kid, careful, Brent. Yeah, oh, they are. Yeah, I got you it. know. I mean, they're yeah, for, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they either love them or hate them. <laughs> Correct. And I'm on the other side. Well, well listen. I mean, and all due respect to head coach Doug Marone here. But what do you think is more tolerable, the hardcore New York Yankee fan base or the bandwagon New York Yankee fan base? Uh, tolerable. Um, I, listen, it is. I don't like to take the. I'll take the uh, trash talk from the diehard. 
Okay. But you're not you're not gonna accept the trash the, talk from the yeah the the kind of the fake phantom like, Johnny I'm, come lately like, I'm okay if you like him late that's fine I'm a, but you don't talk trash like you've been you, you had to live through the bad years and stuff you know sure, I got you because listen the Yankees do have some bad years too yeah and they've had a lot of disappointing years because they're supposed to win like all the time yeah they've, they've underachieved a lot but I am gonna win this bet Aaron Judge is on fire listen. I mean, literally, I checked my cell phone during the weekend, and I thought it was like a misprint. Like, okay, home run here. Oh, another home run next day. Okay, home run again. Like, hey, have you seen the odds now? Like, uh, DraftKings is putting out, like, the odds where if he hits one, I think, do they play tonight or tomorrow? Uh, Whatever it is. They're tonight against Philly. So if he hits one tonight, that'll be his fifth in a row, correct? Or his no, no, no. He's he, he's hitting five straight games, but he's hit six home runs yeah, in that stretch. But they're saying, so it would be so, six straight games. So if he hits a home run in, in six straight games, that's going to be plus 250, but it goes all up to like nine. If he hits it like nine games in a row, it's like plus like 1,200 or something really? like that. Yeah. That'd be something. Yeah. Because I think the record is seven or eight. I, I yeah. Mattingly had one, had it for a long time. And you know what I missed? They were talking about it in the game yesterday. I missed the conversation. I couldn't remember if somebody eclipsed Mattingly. I thought Mattingly had hit like seven in a row uh, for the Yankees, you know, back in the day. And somebody might eclipse. might have been like Bernie Williams or something mm-hmm. that, that eclipsed that in the last couple of decades. But uh, Judge is – how big of a superstar is Judge? Like, you know, we don't talk about baseball superstars. Correct. You know, we do when we talk baseball. We talk about Bryce Harper Mike and Mike Trout. Trout and yeah. But Judge can be the guy that transcends baseball. Like, you could like Judge on a lot. You could be wowed by Judge. Yeah. I mean, listen, first of all, he, he's kind of like that triple threat. He has the personality, number one, I think at least. Um, but once again, he's, he's got that Yankees personality, right? Because, like, he's not... He's not like a Bryce Harper where he's like kind of cocky and brash. They kind of let him no, be whatever. Like yeah. you, you understand, if you play for the Yankees, there's kind of a certain way you have to present yourself. At least it seems like from my you know no, perspective, it's, it's yeah. been the way. So you got to present yourself in a certain way. Trimmed up hair. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would not fit in the New York Yankees <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Me either anymore. Yeah, yeah you're, you're <laughs> the same vote as I am. All right, man, let's go to the Red Sox then. Let's get, you know, let's get that Johnny Damon hair going back I'm again. I'm not cutting my hair until the Yankees lose and Judge doesn't hit a home run. Johnny Damon, man. So. He's got that going for him. Number two, obviously his stature and his playing style. Chicks will always dig the long ball, and he's a behemoth of a man, to say the least. So he has that going for him as well. And the number three, obviously, is playing for the New York Yankees. You either love the Yankees or you hate them. It's the East Coast bias. They're always on TV. So to me, Aaron Judge has a lot of things going in his favor right now, and he could very well usher in a new era of baseball and maybe you know kind of get that Ken Griffey Jr. guy and make it cool again. But like, if he if he would like if uh, if you could compare Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. to today's athlete that we love, like LeBron James, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, where would Griffey fit right in with those guys Ooh. in today's world? You know, I mean, yeah. back then no social media and all that stuff. But so I'm trying to see the ceiling for Aaron Judge. Like if he is if he's in the same ilk potentially as as Griffey. Man. See, I'm not ready to call him the next Ken Griffey just yet, obviously, because keep in mind, like, Griffey did it all. I mean, not to say Judge can't do it all, but Griffey did it all, man. Like, he's he's robbing people in outfield. Yeah. In outfield. He's, you know, he's hitting home runs. Cool, especially now. Defense isn't cool, but, like, you know what's cool, though, is, like, stealing a bunch of bases. and Like, I mean, like, he had it all. There's like, something so, smooth about Griffey that was cool. Yeah. But. I think Judge trumps that with his size. True. Just the mammoth nature of him. 
is that's, cool. Th- that's a good point. It's almost like, and listen, Saquon Barkley is a guy too, like where there's a lot of hype around him in the next couple of years. He happens to be in New York as well. But like Saquon Barkley, like if you watch his like workout videos, it's like this dude's not on the same level as everybody else. Yeah. Like he he's kind of a, a tier above. And I feel like Aaron Judge, in terms of his stature, is that guy. So. To me, it was never about the Griffey stature, obviously. It wasn't even really about his personality. Because if you ever watched an interview with Ken Griffey Jr., it wasn't anything crazy. I mean, he was a country boy, it seemed like. That just that was kind of bland. Like he really liked it. Yeah, exactly. Actually. But, like, he was just, he was so smooth and he had his own style. Now, I think Judge, like, he's not doing something new that we haven't seen yet, per se. But we haven't seen a guy like this big with this much charisma in a long time. So he has that going for him. I feel like he, you know, the best relatable guy, and he's not, I don't know if he's this kind of personality, but but even this guy's personality developed later, in my opinion. Okay. He's really like Shaq. Ah, I'm not mad at that. He's just something you haven't seen. I'm not mad at that. You know, And, and like we really haven't. I don't feel like we've seen it. I'm sure we've seen somewhat close to it. I mean, listen, Stanton's not that far from it. Yeah. But I just don't think there's even near the likability. And that, again, I know I'm a little biased, but I just don't think there is a likability for Stanton as there is for Judge. No, without a doubt. Uh, but I kind of compare him to Shaq a little bit. I like you know? that. And, I like that a lot. And, and you got to think of the early days of Shaq. And I'm not talking TNT Shaq. You know, where uh, and the late, like his personality has developed mm-hmm. over over time. Yeah, I mean, he had a big smile, and I'm not saying he didn't have any charisma. Yeah, but he certainly wasn't like listen, this mega personality. I think in the early days. Listen, back when I was a kid, I had three posters in my room. I had Ken Griffey Jr., I had Wayne Gretzky, and I had Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, Shaquille O'Neal was on my, you know, in, in my room because listen, the, the the guy, he was different. Okay, like yeah, you said, like you said the personality, eh, it wasn't anything crazy. He had his own shoes, so that was cool. But we never saw a Shaq before. And we we may never see another Shaq again. Just I'm talking about from the, the physical dominance, um, you know, to eating rebounds up and obviously dunking on people like Shaq was one of a kind. And I'm trying to go back in my memory banks right now. I think of another guy that was as big as Aaron Judge that could be as dynamic as Aaron Judge is. And keep in mind, a homegrown guy out of the Yankees didn't pay him $300 million to come play for him. No, he was homegrown. I can't really think of another guy like Aaron Judge, so I love the Shaq comparison. We'll update you on uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, kind of where they all stand, because I think the standings are really interesting in Major League Baseball. A couple of huge surprises. Wish I took the over-under on one of these teams. And uh, a couple disappointments as well. And some funky-looking standings for a couple of teams. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. Coming up next, Mike Greenberg from ESPN. He joins us on Action Sports Shacks right here in Jacksonville on ESPN 690. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 